Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. Well, the Border Gavaskar Trophy is done for another series, but there's still plenty of cricket to be played back home in Australia. The Sheffield Shield has one round to go before the final. It's going to happen in a couple of weeks, and there's plenty to discuss in terms of that competition. My name is Josh on a finger. Today I'm going to be joined by Jack Painter, and then later on in this episode we're going to be joined by Victoria batter Matt Short, possibly the most informed batter in all of Australia at the minute. Jack, I'll let you debate that in just a moment, but how are you today? I'm good, thanks, Josh. And uh, isn't it exciting? We're getting to the business end and it's come down to the last round of the season to decide who's going to challenge WA in that uh, Sheffield Shield final at the Wacker and they'll be going for a second straight title. Very exciting indeed. Now, I did mention Matt Short. Uh, You spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, and since then he's pumped out hundreds in both the Sheffield Shield and the Marsh One Day Cup. What sort of things did you touch on in your chat that's coming up in just a few moments? We basically just talked about uh, where this stunning form's come from. We've seen him do it in the in the white ball stuff, particularly T20 with the strikers last season, then again this season. But he hadn't really clicked for him in the in the red ball format, in the Sheffield Shield, in the longer format. So we kind of discussed, you know, how that's all come about and, and what's really, um, you know, opened up this superb run of form for him. Um, so tune in later on for that chat. Uh, some great insights into how he's sort of uh, progressed his game and become a three-format player, both batting, bowling and fielding, like stunning catches in the slips all season. Yeah, so the Sheffield Shield is down to a three-horse race. As you mentioned, Western Australia are going to host that final at the Wacker and they'll play either Matt Short's Victoria or Queensland, the Queensland Bulls. <laughs> I was going to think of a player to introduce there, but um, well, we'll just go for the Queensland Bulls. They've been terrific all year. Jack, however, it's going to come down to possibly a bonus point system here. Uh not many people maybe know the ins and outs of the Sheffield Shield scoring system, but can you just give us a run-through of the current lay of the land and what needs to happen for each team to go through to the final? I can. It's a complicated system, uh, but once you understand <laughs> it, it's it's quite straightforward. But essentially, Queensland are 36 runs in front of Victoria heading into this last round. So they're both level on four wins, three draws. Queensland are ahead by 0.36 ahead of Victoria. So that essentially means that if they stay within 35 runs of uh, Victoria on first innings, they'll progress if they win, if both teams win. So first of all, uh, if, if Queensland win and Victoria don't, then Queensland will go through. If Victoria win and Queensland don't, Victoria will go through. But if they both have the same result, win, lose or draw, that's where the bonus points will come in. The bonus point system starts when you get to 200 runs in your first first innings within the first 100 overs. For every run you make over 200 in the first 100 overs, you'll get 0.01 of a point. 
And then for every wicket of the opposition you take in the first 100 overs, you'll get 0.1 of a point. So it's that tight at the moment that 36 runs uh, will see Victoria and Queensland finish level if they both get the same result this week. Okay, so it really incentivizes attacking play uh, with the bat. You want to be scoring, yeah, 300-plus runs in the first 100 overs of the innings um, and obviously taking wickets as well from a bowling point of view. Um, now, I would do want to point out that it's not Queensland versus Victoria this week, although that would be um, some box office stuff for the Shield. It is Victoria against Western Australia in Perth, so that's going to be a tough assignment for the Vicks, WA, of course, have only lost one match all season. And it's Queensland up against Tasmania, who have had their issues this year, but have got plenty of quality players. That's down in Hobart. So we know that Hobart as well can throw up some interesting conditions. Interesting to see what sort of pitch they have down there at Blunston Arena for this match, because uh, we were reminiscing earlier in the week, Jack, that this match produced an in- incredible individual performance last year. It did. Sam Rainbow took eight for 16, best figures ever for a, a Tasmanian bowler in the first-class cricket. Uh, but it should also be pointed out that Victoria uh, heading over to the Wacker where they haven't won since 2018. So uh, it's been a tough uh, slog for them over there in the past couple of years. And, uh, you know, to get, the, to get the result they need, they'll have to produce something that they haven't done in the last five or six years. So uh, tough ask for Queensland going down to, to Hobart as well. So that's not an easy victory for them. So that's why this bonus point system could come into play because both teams could end up losing their respective matches and that means whoever does the better in the first innings will go through to that final. Yeah, if you do want any more details on that uh, complicated system, go to cricket.com.au. Jack has written a couple articles there explaining it in layman's terms for the likes of myself to um, make it uh, as uh, understandable as possible. Now, we haven't given any love to South Australia and New South Wales. They play in the other match of this final round. They This match will have no bearing on the final, but uh, there is pride to play for, especially for New South Wales, who are looking to record a victory. They haven't won all year, and they've only gone through a Sheffield Shield winless once before, I believe, Jack. Yes, 1938-39. So 84 years ago was the last time they didn't win a game in the Sheffield wow. Shield season. So it's been a tough uh, tough slog for the Blues this season. So they'll be looking forward to uh, finishing their season on a high. Um, they've currently got their longest winless run uh, of 11 matches, so they'll be looking to break that as well. should also be noted that this corresponding match last season was where South Australia really turned their fortunes around. They got their first win in, in all, over two years. Nathan McSweeney hit 99 not out on the final day to guide them through to that, that victory. So it's really a reversal of fortunes 12 months on from where New South Wales powerhouse of domestic cricket for such a long time and South Australia trying to bounce back from a couple of disappointing seasons. So it's amazing how fortunes, fortunes can change 12 months on. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, we'll be watching our boy Spencer Johnson very closely. Six for in his first match, seven for in his second. Let's see if he can get eight for in his third. Uh, now, without any further ado, let's throw over to your chat with Matt Short. And Jack, I'll chat to you next week ahead of the Sheffield Shield final where we'll talk about Trent Copeland, Sean Marsh, and uh, look ahead to that very exciting final at the Wacker. Absolutely. Looking forward to it, Josh. 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Uh, welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. We're joined by Victoria Batter, Matt Short, after an outstanding few months with the, the Strikers and, and Victoria. Uh, Matt, how's it all going? Have you ever been in better touch than you are now? It's, things are going pretty well, mate. Um, yeah, I suppose the, the form's going pretty well at the moment. Um, yeah, everything sort of seems to be clicking um, yeah, at the moment. So, not happy with, uh, with how things are going. Prior to that uh, one-day match against Queensland, your highest score for Victoria was 98, and I think you'd had uh, six scores in between 80 and, and 90s. Um, just to explain to us, you know, that that feeling, did you feel like, I guess, that expectation to get 100 was, even though in reality it was just one more run than, than what you'd previously been getting? It was an absolute relief, I think, to get the get the first one with the Vicks. Um, yeah, in that one-day game, I think I was... I was lucky to be out there with um, Marcus Harris at the time, who's, um, you know, he's been there and done that, you know, multiple amount of times. So, um, no, I was lucky to have him out there and sort of guide me through um, through the 90s and, and whatever. So, um, yeah, I think I think he kind of knew that it would have been my first one for Victoria. So, um, yeah, I was just lucky to have him out there and, and help me through it. And in the space of those seven days, you got your first uh, 100 Victoria, first uh, Sheffield Shield 100. You said relief before and you said that at the time as well. Now that you've had a bit of time to sit back and reflect on it, have you been able to sort of, I guess, understand sort of what you've, what you've achieved over the last little bit and, and you know, how does it sort of sit with you now? Um, looking forward to, you know, hopefully many more of those, uh, you know, great knocks to come. Yeah, I suppose just like looking back at it, um, just remembering the feeling of... <laughs> Of getting getting over the line, I suppose, and um, yeah, I think the focus now is probably looking towards the future, and yeah, hopefully, as he said, scoring a few more, and um, you know, I think we sort of look back at at the couple of innings, and um, they, were, they were good wins as well. So I think um, if if us boys are scoring runs and, and whatever, I think it's helping our sort of young group to to keep winning games and hopefully push to to. Um, you know, shield finals coming up and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, obviously a great feeling looking back at it and, and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, obviously the focus now is to hopefully keep keep trying to contribute and keep scoring runs and hopefully, yeah, keep winning some games. You may have seen this stat, but uh, you're just the fourth player alongside Sean Marsh, uh, Travis Head and Jake Weatherall to score 100 in all three Australian domestic comps in the one season. You talked a, uh, a little bit about playing with that freedom. Is it just uh, sort of not letting the format dictate how you play? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, 
you know, over the last couple of years, you know, in shield cricket, I think I've really struggled with, you know, adapting to different situations and sort of going in my shell a little bit, sort of blocking my ability just to try and score and probably being a bit too defensive at times. So I think, yeah, going off sort of big bash form and, and white ball form, um, you know, I had a chat with with Bucky Rogers, our, our coach at the Vicks, and we just sort of come up with a plan for, for me moving forward was just to yeah go and play that natural game and sort of take the game on and, and play my play my shots really. So I think that's where I feel most comfortable with, uh, out the middle is you know if I'm th- thinking positively and um, looking to score and, and take the game on. So yeah, it's definitely something where that's sort of paid off you know the last couple of weeks and. Um, yeah, probably something we're going to stick with yeah, batting through the middle there and shield cricket and having a bit of fun while I'm out there. What's it taken to get to that mindset? Uh, you talk about that conversation with Chris Rogers, the Victorian coach. Was it was it that or has it sort of been a gradual um, sort of work up to get to, to that mindset and you know, not playing as defensively of what you might have previously done in, in shield cricket and longer format cricket? Well, I suppose with it being sort of my natural, my natural game, like I, I guess it's sort of something that's been building up you know my my whole career but yeah as i mentioned before i think yeah the last couple of years was probably going too far away from from my natural game and sort of tying myself down in a way that you know i just couldn't really score or would get a start and then not really keep going on with it so um in terms of sort of the white ball stuff i did a lot of work um you know on the bowling machines on the indoors of um a lot of sort of baseball type style workout um sessions i guess you can call them just sort of practicing that power hitting and sort of getting in good positions and um, just keeping everything pretty simple. Um, but, yeah, in terms of the mindset into shield cricket, I think, yeah, once I sort of let go of all those kind of defensive sort of mind frames and whatnot, I think once I can get get rid of that and sort of think more positively and um, just enjoy, enjoy being out there and scoring runs, I think, yeah, that's going to be better for me and better for the team. And what is that, that feeling like now out, out in the middle when you've let go of all those, I guess, feelings of sort of, you know, going to your shell and, and play like, you know, we've seen uh, the game of, of four-day cricket played over such a long period of time and, and now you've sort of released that uh, and you're just playing on instinct. What's that like now compared to – do you compare it to what you were like when you were batting in the, in the shield beforehand? Uh, I, I, yeah, I've definitely thought – had a look back and, um, yeah, just tried to remember what I was sort of thinking, you know, in the last couple of years and I guess, yeah, just being freed up, I think – you know, you might play a rash shot here and there or you might play like play a miss or, you know, nick one and, and get dropped in the slips. And I think, you know, in, in previous years, I'd probably dwell on that a little bit too much and maybe go into my shell and, um, you know, just let it play on your mind a little bit um, too much. So I think now it's sort of if I get dropped or whatever, so it's like, no, nah, bugger it, just keep playing shots, keep, you know, you're still out there, you still still got another opportunity. So I think taking the positive option rather than sort of going into your shell, I think it's been a really big one um, and sort of just not, yeah, not dwelling on, you know, the previous ball or previous over and, and whatnot, sort of just, just, um, you know, keep going with it and um, yeah, keep enjoying and just keep having fun out there. You mentioned a uh, baseball style session before that's sort of putting uh, backspin on the ball. Is that sort of been a, a bit of a, a focus of those sessions? Talk us through what that, that does, I guess, and how it helps you, your game. Yeah, so done a done a little bit of work with um, yeah Bucky Rogers and um, Jared Loftman as well, who's the the Victorian female coach um, who I've done a lot of work with up through the pathways and, and stuff like that. So um, yeah, he's a Joff is a he's a keen baseball player. So um, you know we, we were getting up some footage and we started like a WhatsApp group and just send through some stuff and 
yeah, it's interesting. Like the the backspin on the ball is probably probably the main one. Um, obviously, if you uh, yeah, if you sort of contact it at the right position, I think um, yeah, get the backspin on the ball. It seems to to travel a bit further. So um, rather than the top spin and let it sort of dip, you know, you might get caught on the fence a couple of times. So um, yeah, just playing around with different positions and sort of contact points and opening the face of the bat, I think, has really helped. Um, we kind of looked at Tim David as well, who who seems like he um, he's nailed it. So um, just the way he sort of opens his bat face and sort of the the spin and contact he gets with the balls, um, you know, awesome to see. So he's probably one we've been looking at, and yeah, a few baseball players as well. Now you played a bit of footy when you were younger as well. Did you play baseball as a kid at all, or are you interested in 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 having a like? Did you do a lot of work with baseball bats, or is it more just uh, you know cricket stuff with baseball style techniques? Yeah, there was no no baseball growing up. Um, yeah, certainly, certainly something um, I'd probably look into. It looks like a bit of fun, but um, yeah, we, we did use a few few baseball bats in those sessions um, just to obviously just to see what, what sort of contact we could get and um, just the the differences of, of a cricket bat and a baseball bat and the spin that it generates. So um, yeah, it's all all sort of done through the preseason and. Um, you know, everyone can. Everyone knows how long they can be. You know, two, three months of just being indoors, especially here in Melbourne with pretty poor weather. So, you know, we're just trying to make some fun sessions and and get something out of it, which I think we um we did well at. And what was it like uh, hitting with the baseball bat? Was you, were you still nailing them as as well as what you are at the moment? No, not quite. Um, yeah, it takes a bit to get used to actually. Um, but yeah, once once you do connect with the with the baseball bat, it actually feels really nice. So. Um, I think probably the more sessions we did with the the baseball bat, we probably started middling them a bit more with the uh, with the cricket bat, which was handy. Uh, now you mentioned that uh, conversation with with Bucky Rogers as well. Um, he says you sort of brought up the baseball English analogy. Uh, you said it was him, um, but I guess what's it like to have that uh, reference point there with England playing so well and knowing that you know it it can work and it can be successful in, in red ball cricket. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, yeah, as you said, it's certainly working for them. I think they've won maybe ten or ten out of eleven tests, sort of going or batting, batting in that sort of mindset. So, um, yeah, I had a, a couple of conversations with Bucky, and I think it was more around like the balance of um, you know when to go hard or when to kind of rein it in a little bit. So, um, I'm probably still working that out now. Is to you know what what bowlers to to sort of target or um, or when to try and target them um, at certain stages of the game. So um, I suppose coming coming in at number five or six for Victoria, I think you've got a good idea of where the game's sort of heading or what sort of position you're in. So um, I guess the game sort of dictates how how I sort of go about it. But um, yeah, I suppose at the end of the day, it's it's taking that positive option, as I said, um, is probably the way to go for for me forward. Um, Sort of seems like England, uh, the whole side are doing it. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure what what we're sort of looking at from a Victorian point of view, but um, that would be pretty cool one day to, to see all the boys sort of, you know, come out firing. But, um, yeah, obviously at this stage we're, we're still winning Shield games with the, the sort of mindset that all of our batters are going through. So, um, yeah, at the moment the balance is, is pretty right. I think there's a period in last week's match against South Australia where you and Southo, uh, Will Southern were batting together. You were both going pretty hard. I think you were striking um, you know, both around 100 that was at that 
partnership must be pretty cool, um, you know, with him batting at the other end to have someone sort of going with you as well. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, we talk about that, um, you know, from a team perspective is we call it the love zone, um, which is sort of all about the the partnerships we can try and create with the bat um, and just getting into that zone where, you know, you both batters are sort of feeling on top of top of the bowlers. So, um, yeah, I definitely felt like Sado and I, um, got into that love zone, which was, which was good. Um, but yeah, I think um, each batter is going to go about it differently. Um, I think that game was pretty well set up by us. So um, yeah, we kind of had that freedom to play our shots and sort of express ourselves. And um, probably credit to to the batters before us that um, you know could help get us into that position. Who turned the love zone? <laughs> Whose initiative was was that? Um, Oh, we'd always uh, – it was Bucky. Bucky came up with a name, but <laughs> I suppose talking um, – well, planning planning with our batting coach, Benny Rora, um, you know, about the partnerships and whatever. We um, Bucky loves his sort of analogies and his, and his names for things. So, um, yeah, the love zone was, was the one for, you know, trying to build those partnerships. You also did uh, a bit of work with uh, Cam White around uh, the strategy stuff last year um, when he was at the Strikers and sort of keeping your, your weight more neutral as well. Is that something you're still putting into practice at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, Whitey, Whitey's been huge for me. Um, yeah, as he said, he had, had those sort of couple of years at the Strikers. Um, probably not so much uh, from a technique point of view. It was probably more like a mindset thing um, that he was sort of helping me with sort of opened the batting. I sort of found myself sort of getting off to a few flyers and then once the field would go out, I'd still try and stay at that same tempo and probably get caught on the fence or, um, you know, just throw my wicket away, um, you know, straight after power play. So um, Whitey was sort of, you know, if, if you do get off to a flyer in the in the first four, first six overs, whatever it is, um, it's almost like raining it down, um, sort of batting in. Batting in waves, I guess. Once the field gets out, it's almost just like play proper shots and uh, not trying to create anything. So, um, no, I think he's yeah he's been massive in trying to build an innings and um, how that can kind of change from game to game depending on what kind of start you get. So, um, no, he's he's been massive. I still still stay in, in pretty regular regular contact with him. Um, you know, even though he's up there in Sydney. Um, yeah, it's still nice to, to check in with him and, and sort of see how things are going and see see what he thinks as well. He's obviously moved to the, the Sixers and replaced by um, Carl Hooper. A bit of a difference in uh, styles com- compared to uh, Cam White and the uh, West Indian great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, Hoops was uh, Hoops was a character. He, he hadn't played too much, till, if any, T20 cricket, I don't think so. Um, but obviously it's uh, it's been good just to to get different sort of coaching perspectives and, um, you know, just listening to, to what they've got to say. I think we had, um, had Johan Bother as well, who was massive at the strikers. Um, you know, personally for me with the, from a bowling perspective as well and batting as well, he's, um, his knowledge of the game was, was, you know, top class. So to have him around was, was awesome as well. Your, your girlfriend's in Adelaide as well. Um, you must enjoy spending that time over there during that, uh, big bash period and, and, you know, obviously out of contract at the moment, but you've talked about wanting to go back there and repay the faith as well. We see you back there at the Strikers again next season. Yeah, it's certainly, um, certainly looking that way. Um, yeah, as I said, I think, um, yeah, they sort of stuck with me for, you know, I think I've been there for five years now and, and gave me that opportunity at the top of the order. Um, 
you know, when the the first couple of years probably didn't go my way. So, um, yeah, definitely feel like I've got to, um, yeah, probably not so much repay the faith, but, um, you know, just, just love my time in Adelaide and, um, yeah, love my time at the top of the order there. And, um, yeah, as you said, my, my girlfriend's, uh, she's living over there. So, you know, any time I can get over there is, uh, would be awesome. So, um, yeah, definitely, definitely working through things at the moment. And, um, yeah, hopefully sign on again. And I was listening to your radio interview last week. I think it was SEN, and you mentioned the phone call from from George Bailey and your sort of reaction when you saw his name pop up. Um, <laughs> were you disappointed that it, that wasn't the call that uh, you thought it might be, or are you confident that your you know your time uh, is still to come in, in international cricket? Yeah, it was a funny one. Um, yeah, I got off a, an earlier interview, and um, they mentioned that yeah, the one day squad was getting announced, and I had no idea. So. Um, yeah, a couple of hours later, I had the the phone call from George, and I'm like, "Oh, you're kidding! Like, <laughs> surely not." Um, but then, yeah, he was sort of quick to to play it down and say, "Look, um, you know, bad luck. You're not you're not selected or whatnot." And um, which was, it was still awesome, like just to get his get a phone call from him and just see where things are at. Like, um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't disappointed at all. It was just a just a nice call to sort of see, you know, that, that they are talking about you and um, you are getting noticed and just sort of, yeah, it was sort of reassuring to to hear what he had to say to, you know, just keep keep making runs at the right times. And, um, yeah, there's obviously a, a lot of white ball coming up for, for the Aussies. So hopefully, um, you know, I can keep, keep doing what I'm doing and, um, yeah, who knows what will happen. Yeah, as you said, uh, great that, you know, you, you – sort of know that you're on, on that radar now. Do you, do you feel ready for international career? Like it's, it's happened, you know, quite quickly over the last two seasons, I guess, um, that you're being now mentioned in those conversations. Yeah, look, I, I think so. Um, you know, without having played international career, um, it's hard to tell. But um, I think from a from a mental perspective, I think I'm, I'm definitely ready. Um, I feel like I'm in a, a headspace now where, you know, I'm just really backing myself and, yeah, I haven't really got any doubts over my game. So, um, you know, if if I don't make runs, it's okay. I can get through that. If I do, um, you know, it's all about sort of getting better and better. So, yeah, I guess in terms of if, if the call-up does happen, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm more than ready um, just to do the same things, just go out there and play the way I do, um, which is sort of what's got me into this position um, as, as we speak. I guess you'd take any opportunity as well to play for Australia, but... Um, it might not be at the top of the order. It might be, in, but you've got sort of you're versatile in sort of your bowling and your fielding as well. You're confident that you can play sort of any any role in, in that lineup. Yeah, I think so. Um, again, it just sort of goes down to just doing what what sort of got me here in the first place. So um, you know, whether it be the top of the order or or through the middle, I think um, I'd probably just bat bat a similar way. Um, obviously, depending on the situation, but I think. Yeah, sort of the, the best way that I've been going about it the last couple of weeks or couple of months is, yeah, just going out there and playing my way. So, yeah, whether it be top of the order or, or through the middle, I think um, still be beneficial for, for me and the team if I just sort of bat the way I do. And for those uh, listeners who have sort of come to recognise you last season or this season, um, tell us a little bit about uh, the Matt Short journey. Grew up in, in Ballarat, uh, played both footy and cricket. I was reading you sort of toyed with the idea of going down the footy path. Yeah, grew up in Ballarat, went to St. Pat's College. Um, well, I just sort of just recently, a couple of weeks ago, went and um, caught up with my my old footy coach from there, Howard Clark. So, um, yeah, we sort of went over a couple of stories from back in the day. I, I remember he um, he sat me down one lunchtime, I think it was 
sort of towards the end of year 11. Um, and he wanted me to captain the, the first 18 for, for the year 12 year. And I, I pretty much said to him, look, mate, I've been offered a, a rookie contract at Korea Victoria. Um, so it was kind of a hard one because I, yeah, I loved, loved, um, loved playing footy and, um, you know, had a, had a lot of mates there back in Ballarat, um, you know, at school and, and local footy for Redan and um, the North Heart Rebels as well. So um, was probably enjoying footy more at the time, um, sort of through my school days. And um, I was sort of playing in the, you know, Aussie Under-19 World Cups and stuff like that. So I suppose I was probably better at cricket at the time um, in terms of like the teams that I was sort of selected for. But, yeah, once a cricket contract sort of came up, I thought, look, this is a – Pretty, pretty massive opportunity. I probably can't turn this one down. So, um, yeah, ever since then, sort of not haven't really looked back. I've never regretted anything. Um, you know, cricket's been been awesome for me. It's definitely had its ups and downs, but yeah, certainly not not regretting anything. Have you played footy since then, or is that your your last game, sort of uh, school footy? I haven't played since 2012. I think was my last year. So, um, no, I haven't played any games since. Do you miss it? I missed it for the first probably yeah three or four years. Um, trying to get into the the routine of being a professional cricketer was was tough, um, and then also missing your, your family and friends and, and playing other sports I guess back home. So yeah, definitely missed it for the first couple of years. But um, yeah, as I said, certainly not not regretting anything. You do a little bit of surfing as well. I was, I was scrolling through Instagram before and a uh, bit of the off season uh, trip to Bali. I think a surfing trip as well. Yeah, always try and get out. Um, yeah, there's a couple of boys. Um, you know, Tom O'Connell's a keen surfer at the Vicks as well. He's sort of down down Torquay way. So um, Sammy Harper's another one um, who sort of loves loves getting out and about. So, um, yeah, certainly sort of love love the beach, um, try and get there as much as I can. Um, you know, whether it's just going for a swim or taking the dog or going for a surf or whatever. So, um, yeah, hopefully something on the cards in the off-season, get away and um, take the boards. And I think you mentioned before a disappointing result in the Marsh Cup against South Australia, but a big couple of weeks coming up for the squad in terms of the Shield season. And it's a young squad as well. You've, you've won three games on the trot either side of the, the BBL. That's without you know, Captain Pete Hanscom and, and Scott Bolin and Todd Murphy. So there must be a lot of belief around around this young group at the moment at Victoria. Yeah, huge. Um, <clears throat> you, you missed Nick Maddinson in there as well, who's obviously done his ACL. So, um... Sorry, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the guys we've got out are, are huge, but um, yeah, there's there's massive belief um, in the squad. We we are a young squad, but um, you know the boys have got got a few games under their belts now, and yeah, as you said, we we've won a few on the trot. So yeah, obviously disappointing to not make the one day final, but I think um, look at the positives. We can now focus on the red ball and um, got a couple of games left to you know hopefully secure a final spot and um, and go from there. So, uh, yeah, the boys are, are pretty keen to get stuck into the, the Red Bull now and um, yeah, see what happens. And you, you're catching as well has been a feature. You've re- you usually at first slip when, when Pete's there, you've now been promoted up to, to second slip. How much work do you put on that because in, into that? Because, you know, some of the catches that you and Pete, you know, take are just incredible and rarely, rarely do we see you guys drop a ball in there in the slips. Yeah, touch wood. We don't drop one for the rest of the year, but... Um, <laughs> No, I certainly put a put a lot of work into it. Um, yeah, I think I've sort of fielded in the slip region or gully pretty much my whole cricketing journey, even as a junior. So, yeah, I think Whitey's Cam White's another sort of example. I think when he was playing at the Fix, like just sort of seeing the amount of work he put into to catching, and he sort of just made it look easy. So, don't think I ever seen saw him drop one <laughs> the whole time I was playing with him. So. 
you know, whether it's just going going off the side after training or before training, just getting in, you know, 50, 100 more catches or or whatnot, I think, yeah, any work you can do is certainly going to make you a bit better at catching. So, yeah, it's obviously something that, that Petey and I, uh, we love doing, just sort of standing next to each other every game and, and talking a bit of crap. But, um, yeah, something we put a lot of work into. Oh, beautiful. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Uh, all the best the rest of the season. It's been great to watch so far this season and hopefully more runs, more wickets and, and more catches to come. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, mate. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.